Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey folks, this is episode number 223 of Just Another Fanboy. This is Wheel of Time, season one, part one. And guess what, folks? I'm not alone for this one. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. My name is Steven. And I'm not going to beat around the bush because this is a long Long freaking episode. This past weekend, I sat down with indie nerdcore rapper Sulphur, the guy behind the Wheel of Rhyme EP that is based on the Wheel of Time books. And we got together on Skype and we talked about the Wheel of Time season one from over on Amazon Prime. And we talked for two and a half hours. Now, after I did some editing and cut some of it down and took some stuff out that had not a lot to do with the subject at hand. I was still looking at almost two hours and I just, I just couldn't bring myself to put out an episode at this point that's over two hours long. So I'm cutting it almost in half. So you're going to get part one today and then you're going to get part two next Thursday. We're, we're going to have another episode in between. Hopefully I'm going to be talking about Elf Quest in the next episode on Tuesday. And then we'll come back on Thursday to get part two of season one of The Wheel of Time, featuring myself and Sulphur talking about the show on Amazon Prime. Did we like it? Did we hate it? What was our nitpicks? What did we love? Well, hang out, because you're going to hear a lot of it here in just a bit. I will warn you, there's spoilers. If you have not watched the show and you've never read the books, you're going to get spoiled. There's going to we're going to spoil some stuff. We're talking about the season in depth and we are all over the place. So it's not like we're starting with episode 1 and then if you you know you're not going to get episode 8 of the show until the part 2. No, we we are jumping all over the place. So just be warned and uh enjoy. Here you go. This is me and Sulfur talking about the Wheel of Time season 1 or at least part of it. The Wheel of Time, season one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I tried to rewatch it yesterday, okay. and I started okay. too late and realized I'm not going to be able to watch eight episodes tonight. What was I thinking? <laughs> but I, I got about, I think I got through uh, the first three episodes again. Um, so let me just ask you, what did you think? Just your general general feeling about the season, about the show. General overview feeling about the show. I liked it. I may even love it. Yeah. Um, 
but but I think that's my my general feeling. I, I think it's in the like the love realm. I definitely enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think I have I have some bones to pick with it. Probably not the same as I've I've heard repeated over and over and over again from, from yeah. certain people. But um, yeah, I did enjoy it. How about how about yourself? I really enjoyed it too. Um, there were moments where I wasn't quite sure, and and uh, I'll be interested to hear the bones that you have to pick because I have a couple sure. as well. Sure. But I think in general, you know, I think they did a really good job of touching on the main, some of the main story points. Okay. But then when they kind of veered away from the story, they really veered away. <laughs> they, yes. You know, it's like, we're yes. going to, we're going to make sure that this is true to the story and this is true to the story, but let's take this and just do something completely different. Let's just do the opposite of how totally. it was in the book. And totally. some of that I really liked. Some of it made sense. And some of it, I was just like, oh, all right. I don't know if that was necessary, but sure. But um, yeah, in general, I, I really did like it. And uh, I think it's only going to get better in the second season. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, one thing I noticed consistently through the first season, and I think it's going to spill over into the second season. And, and fingers crossed, hopefully the entire duration of the show, you know, that the eight projected seasons, I believe, is the, the main consensus there. Mm-hmm. But um, I noticed a lot of the you know, the the nags that people had in those first three episodes were resolved as the show continued to go, you know, and, and even before the show came out, you heard all these complaints about, oh, you know, Rand's the Dragon Reborn. Why are they? Oh, spoilers, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, when I do my when I do my opening, I'll make sure and, and let everybody know we're going to spoil the crap out of this. Both perfect, the books, yeah, right both, both the books and the show. I don't think I don't. I don't think it's going to be possible for you and I to talk about this show without talking about how it relates to the books, but that, that's just going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's kind of, it's not even a spoiler for the books, but kind of a spoiler for the show. Yeah. Rans the Dragon Reborn. But before the show, you know, everybody was upset that there's this mystery that they build around who is the Dragon Reborn, yeah. you know, and Brand is clearly the Dragon Reborn. And it was almost disappointing to see all these, you know, long-term book fans just ruining this element for newcomers because right. that, that was fun to me. I, I enjoyed yeah. the fact they made it a mystery. I enjoyed the fact that Egwene and, uh, you know, Nynaeve were Tavirin essentially you know, and, and in the mix for that. Um, I, I liked those things a lot. So I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, I was really confused about that at first because I was yeah. still very much in book mode. I'm like, why are they trying to hide the fact that Rand is the dragon? What? Oh, so we're going to have to, we already know it's Rand. And then I realized, wait a minute, how many people are watching this that have never read the books? And sure. They so basically they introduced one of those elements to the show where people who have never read the books will be able to go online each week and go, well, it maybe it looks like Nynaeve is the dragon. You saw what she did at the end of that episode. And so they I think they just added a fun like, uh, you know, water cooler element to the show for people to, for people to talk about. Sure. Sure. And that, that's what I enjoy so much about it. And that, that's why I say in time, I do feel like a lot of the nitpicks, a lot of the max could really smooth themselves out. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a really early one I heard even before the show came out. And it was clearly still rant, you know, as it went. Um, I think I think, for example, Matt's story will still be rather intact when we come back to season two. And I know Rafe, even in interviews, has said that he's pretty much going to pick up around book three for Matt. OK, which cool. is super exciting for me. Yeah. That's when Matt becomes my favorite character. So, yeah, I've just started listening to book three. So nice. Yeah, I that's know. that's he he becomes healed. And he's hanging out at Tar 
Tarvalon, as they say on the show. That's yes. that 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 threw me. Uh, Tarvalon, and then you know, listening to the books when they mention Giladon, they pronounce it as like I can't can't even remember how they pronounce Giladon, but it, I had to. What did they just say? I had to put on the credits, and I oh, that's okay. So. But they had. I, did you watch any of the bonus stuff? A little bit. I have not finished it. I hate to say it. I haven't finished all of it, but I did watch uh, probably about three of them, I want to say. I know I watched the one uh, for Lou Starin, um mm-hmm. and there's a couple others. Wasn't there one about um, Ogier, or am I making that up? There is, and yeah. they don't look at, at all like Loyal did in the book, in the movie, in the show. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. Yeah, those I I ended up I was able to watch all the origins. I ended up watching those uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. but they've also got a few like behind the scenes kind of stuff. And I guess Robert Jordan's wife was there for some mm-hmm. of it. So yes. they so they did have her there. So I'm gonna go ahead and just say that whatever however they pronounce stuff in the show, since his wife was there, that's how it's pronounced. That's just how it's gonna be going forward. <laughs> so Tar instead of Tar Valen, it's Tar Valon. I'm cool with it. I think I think Tarvalon sounds awesome, uh, quite mm-hmm. honestly. So I am uh, I'm totally cool with it. I just remember we had this conversation on the previous yep. podcast when we yes. got to chat. So yes. I uh, I actually laughed out loud the first time that they pronounced it in the show because <laughs> I thought about that. I was like, oh no, yeah, oh, and another way to pronounce it, another another <laughs> argument to be had online. Exactly, exactly. Well, it kind of settles the arguments online going forward. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. Because that's what, you know, that's where people are going to point to is, well, this is how they say it on the show. So that's how it is. Exactly. If Harry is stamped off on it, Brandon stamped off on it, I feel pretty good about it. That's right. So (laughs) let's let's go ahead and let's get some of let's get the negative out of the way, because in general, we both really like the show. Sure. So what were some of your what were some of your nitpicks? Okay, so I I can give specific examples, but my my nitpicks actually are are kind of front to back, a a little encompassing, uh, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, watching the show, there were, there were two things that really stood out to me in the negative aspect. One is pacing, and some episodes are worse than others. Um, a lot of people have criticized, let's say, the first episode or the eighth episode uh, in terms of pacing, and I, I really do feel like they're, they're not just bringing that out of thin air. I, I can see yeah. that pacing happening super quick, like a specific example right there at the end of the first episode. You know, everything happens. Um, you know, two, two rivers and, and Evans Field are kind of reduced to ash before it's over with, as, as we know. Um, but it was just so quick that they left with more rain. Not, not really a second kind of, yeah, you know, they not, didn't mess around. Not, not at all. Not, not, not one line about, should we do this? Not a second to reconsider. And it's a moment before you see Rand actually have any problems at all. And they kind of paint him as the jerk for having those issues uh, in that moment as well. But, you know, just thinking about any human person in that scenario, you would at least have one thing to say maybe before you abandon your entire life and and leave with a complete stranger. So, you know, the pacing in certain moments felt really, really just super rushed. I understand what they're trying to do and I do respect it. Um, But it's present. It was there. And then the other thing is, um, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this, but, you know, the thing in apologies in advance to my Wheel of Time fans and friends, because I I know a lot of them absolutely loathe Game of Thrones comparisons. And I get it. I really do. Um, The one reason I'm going to make a Game of Thrones comparison here is just about production quality. 
and when you watch Game of Thrones and, you know, it has that HBO money and footing and, yeah. you know, they're they're very, very practiced in what they do. You know, they they HBO has been making those tiers of shows for a very long time, you know, so it's a well-oiled machine. But there's a production quality uh, to that series uh, as you watch it. It really is top tier. It's almost yep. on that film quality, that movie quality. And when I watch Wheel of Time... And I'm not usually someone that gets hung up on CGI or these sorts of things. But as I'm watching it, the quality level of it still, to me, hits like a TV show, you know, like yep. uh, your TBS version of fantasy, you know, your FX or sci-fi. And there's great shows on those channels and there's great things. So it's a nitpick. It really is. It didn't ruin the show for me. It wasn't anything of that. But, you know, would I love to see that quality hit that more film level, that HBO level? Absolutely. So th those were kind of the nitpicks I had as watching it, like really apparent on that eighth episode yep. as you're watching it when it comes to some of that CGI. And there was a couple of things that broke my immersion when they all linked together. I actually laughed out loud because I thought yeah. they were kind of shaking back and forth a little bit. And it was just, I, I it broke, it broke the immersion for me. So yeah. I got to agree with with both of those points. Um, the 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 quality. I'm I'm just kind of hoping that the show becomes popular enough that they get to do the eight seasons, and and the further along they go, the more money they're going to get. Sure. That typically happens with a lot of shows. The more popular it gets, the more they they throw money at it, and and the quality, you know, as far as the effects are are, are just going to get better. There were moments. For example, the very first episode, the whole Trolloc attack, where it's just like, oh, my God, these Trollocs look so awesome. And then sure. you'll get a quick little clip of another one. And you're like, wow, that looked that didn't look great. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it just kind of went back and forth. It's like when it, and I think a lot of it was the CGI. I think they just didn't they just weren't at that level with the CGI. And and as far as the pacing, I do agree with that. I, I There's a part of me that feels like, holy crap, they got to Faldara really quick. Sure. I mean, granted, they they skipped a whole month. At one point, um, but it's like they get to Faldara and then frickin' Trollocs attack. I mean, they just race through that part. Yes. And yet they spent so much time, you know, they get to Faldara and they got like th this frickin' scene. You know, I, I, I got nothing against romance, but it's like I don't need to see long, drawn-out scenes at, th at this point in the show between Nynaeve and Lan and, yep. and Rand. And it's just like, just get, we, we understand, you know? Sure. The, the, especially the Lan and Nynaeve thing. Mm. that needs to simmer a bit. They don't need to be throwing that at it. I mean, we need to get hints of it. Yeah. But, you know, really season three, you know, it should be a Ross and Rachel type. Of, are they or aren't they? And don't sure. just tell us they are right there before the first season ends. Sure. But other than that, um, I don't know. I I'm still kind of up in the air with with Loyal. I okay. I love the guy, the way the dude is. Pro, pro, portraying Loyal, but the look of Loyal at this point, I'm just, I'm not quite on board yet. And I think a lot of it is his hair. Okay. If, if he didn't have that curly hair, that curly blonde hair. Yeah. And then, yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk spoilers. I'm going to jump right away to the, to the last episode. And then it seems as if they kill him off mm -hmm. by the end of the freaking mm -hmm. season. And yeah. I'm going to be pretty upset if that's the case. Um, because he, I think he's, cause he was starting to grow on me. Sure. Sure. But I Can don't I, think they utilized him very well so far in this first season. So I really hope they didn't kill him off. Not not at all. Uh, they, they haven't even begun to utilize him. Um, and before I say it, I, I want to ask you, is it all right to spoil something for you that is in interviews right now? Or would yeah, you like, go ahead. He yeah. is not dead. 
Uh, that was something that Rafe confirmed on a, I want to say it was first confirmed on an AMA, but um, it was an interesting quote from Rafe, I will say, because the way he put it is, uh, I could never kill uh, Loyal because he, he's, he's one of my favorites, uh, but at the same time, I do want to prepare readers for watching this show because people will die that do not die in the books. And that's very oh, that's paraphrased. Okay. Yeah, but he, he definitely put it that way. And so um, what really concerns me more is, is, and I didn't actually think about it after I heard Loyal was okay. I'm like, okay, they're fine. And I encompassed everybody. But now I'm looking back and I'm like, what about Uno? No, no. What, what about Arishima? Are they still yeah. alive? Yeah. Um, and those are really kind of cornerstone characters later yeah. on in the book little bit parts but still cornerstone in, in their element so that could be Old interesting flaming uno and his cursing <laughs> absolutely or dragon sworn you know like there's yeah. there's a there's a whole big element there so yeah just to see where things go I yeah, really am. yeah yeah and you know to, to go back to loyal real quick the the thing sure. when i when i read the books and when i'm listening to him again the thing about loyal that really endeared me to him is as as old as he is compared to humans, you know, he's like a freaking teenager for, for, for the Ogier. So he's very innocent. He has these moments of being very naive and, and innocent and, it, and they, we haven't seen that yet. And I hope we really sure. see a lot of that further on. I'm hoping now that I know that he's not dead, yeah. hopefully in season two, though, you know, maybe we'll even get a, a, a loyal episode where we get to get more background on him. That would be fun because. Yeah. Again, the way I, I can't think of that guy's name, the way he plays the character is perfect. The look, Absolutely. the look, I'm just I'm it's 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 growing on me, but I'm not mm-hmm. quite sold yet. Now, let's talk about the changes they made to both Matt and Perrin, because one right. I I understood and I, mm-hmm. I, I I somewhat liked and the other didn't didn't really care for at all. And I'm going to let you guess who I liked and who I didn't. OK, I'm going to I'm going to take. It doesn't even feel like a far leap here, but but here's my guess. My guess is that you liked Matt and you didn't like Perrin. Nope, completely wrong. Wow. Wow. Here's the thing. This is going to be fun. Perrin, (laughs) at first, when, okay, so there's this line right away in the first episode when when Matt Mm -hmm. and Perrin and Rand are together and and Matt refers to Perrin as being married. And I thought, okay, well, that's a weird joke. And then he is is married and I'm, and, not only is he not the uh, the the blacksmith's apprentice, he and his mm-hmm. wife are the blacksmiths and they're they're married. And he and and at first it really kind of confused me. Why would they do that? What was the point of that? Mm-hmm. And my feeling is because his character in the books turn in turns into this whole, you know, he hates the axe that he carries and he hates using it. And he doesn't like he doesn't like killing, but he knows it's necessary, you know, to defend himself or defend the ones he loves. And the way they kind of introduce that in the books is when he kind of goes crazy and kills that, uh, that white cloak. Sure. And well, he kills a couple of white cloaks, but mm-hmm. he, he starts to feel, uh, you know, guilty about that. And I think they, to really nail that in the series with mm-hmm. what little time they have, well, let's just give him a wife and have him kill her on accident, sure. you know? So that's kind of like the whole Peter Parker thing. He just, he, he's going to feel really guilty about that for most of the show. And he and and I think that's I think for them, that was the quickest way they could get to that plot point for him, to that that character point for him. Sure. The thing that makes me angry about Matt is just the fact that in the books, I, I don't like that they made him, uh, uh, you know, his family was poor and living in squalor and his dad mm-hmm. was a real jerk. And 
a womanizer and his mom was a drunk and she hated Matt and she hated her, his dad. And he, because of that, he was a thief. And, uh, you know, I, I preferred Matt more of just like a mischievous troublemaker who liked to pull pranks. You know, in the book, his dad is a freaking horse trader and a very, sure. very prosperous horse trader. And I don't know. I just I didn't like that. And and I I know I know I know in my heart that they're going to redeem Matt at some point. Exactly. But he just was not a good character in this in this series. Granted, for most of it, he had that freaking dagger and that was part of it. <laughs> but even I felt it was a weird choice there at the end for him not to go into the ways with them and to just stay behind and then go back to shatter shatter Logoth or however they pronounced it. You know, I thought that was a weird choice, but it's, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I, I I'm, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going and I, I, and we're going to have a completely different person playing Matt. We are in the, in the we next are. season. So who knows? I just, I don't know. There, there was just a part of me that just, you know, it's like they wanted to justify Perrin feeling guilty about using his axe and they wanted to justify Matt being kind of a scoundrel. And sure. I, they, they did kind of go to extremes on either end to justify yes. both of those character traits. But the, the Matt thing bothered me more than the parent thing. Oh man. You, if, if I could weigh in on that, cause this is kind of a can of worms topic. And I feel like the opposite side of your coin here. Yeah. Quite honestly. Uh, yeah. Honestly. Uh, so I feel the, the opposite, even though I agree with some of what you just said, I, I liked Matt. I didn't like parent as much, uh, but I actually still, I, I ended the season feeling okay about where Parent was at. Um, right after the first three episodes dropped, there was this big discussion uh, I noticed online. Um, you know, I'm, I still kind of keep up with uh, a lot of Wheel of Time stuff through Twitter, you know, Twitter of Time. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to all those wonderful, wonderful people. Um, but there, uh, there was a really good conversation about it. Brought up a term, to be honest with you. I didn't know anything about until I read about this and I had to learn about, about, about fridging, you know, as a, uh, oh, yeah. a yep. literary, you know, kind of, kind of device or whatnot. Yeah. And it really kind of came from Brandon, uh, Brandon Sanderson kind of putting his thoughts out there about it. It was the one thing that he disagreed with Rafe on in that episode yeah. and tried to get him not to do it. And actually, you know, one of the things he mentioned in kind of the direct way he said it was, you know, I hate to do Master Luhan dirty like that, but he actually had put up Master Luhan instead of Layla. Okay. Um, because, you know, in his, his general thought was, I don't think the show is going to have enough time to properly deal with the, you know, killing one's wife in that yeah. way. And uh, I do resonate with that as I watch it. It's such a, a heavy, heavy topic, has such gravity that and they're already trying to put so much into this show that I can agree with that. I don't think there's going to be enough time to maybe properly, let's say, deal with that in, in let's say, a respectable kind of way. Uh, however, I absolutely understand why they did it and what they're going for. And it is a way to accelerate, you know, Perrin's, uh, let's say, aversion to violence, uh, his thoughtfulness in terms of, you know, knowing how he can hurt other people. And so he has to be very methodical and thoughtful before he takes action yeah. and these sorts of things. So I really do see why they did it. I, uh, I can agree with that. I can understand it. And at the same time, I can kind of see that other side and say, okay, well, you know, the wife is, is really, really strong. You know, I, I master Luhan even would, would have been kind of, kind of rough, but uh, I do think that that might've been a little better choice. Um, but there might be, and, and this is going back to some of the very first things we said, there might be some things as the seasons go that make that choice make more sense as well. And mm -hmm. so I am interested to keep watching and see that. 
um, when it comes to Matt, I actually really enjoyed the changes there. Um, and some of the reasons I did is, you know, they're all a little bit older. Yeah. Being a little bit older, they have to be a little bit more established, let's say, in their character traits. So just imagine a Matt that stayed in Evansfield another four years and what he could have got up to. And then let's imagine a different turning of the wheel where his parents were not those horse traders, but kind of worse people, let's say. Um, There's really redeemable traits in Matt as you watch the series. You know, the way he looks at his sisters, um, the absolute trauma he has at what happened to the family uh, as they were traveling. And, uh, you know, even while the dagger has overtaken him, that's a point of focus for him, a point of trauma. So there, there is still that fight in him of good versus evil. And I think once we come into the second season and once we start going with, with book three and forward, they're going to have a lot of ground to really build on. Honestly, as we talked about previously, Matt's my favorite character, but I don't like him at all until the third book. And this season, I didn't like him at all. And it made it feel perfect. (laughs) You're, you're swaying me. You're bringing me across to your line of thinking. Cause the, the whole, I, I didn't even, and I, and I feel bad about a, as a person about this, but I didn't even think about that whole fridging aspect. And if you're as a, a listener, if you're not sure what that means, back in the 90s, there was a, a run on Green Lantern when Kyle Rayner was the Green Lantern. And I, I wasn't reading that book back then, but he one of his his villains uh, kills his girlfriend and stuffs her in his fridge. And he comes home to find his girlfriend dead in his refrigerator and then I think it was Gail Simone, another comic book writer who she had started a blog, I think before she even became a big comic book writer called Women in Fridges. And it was all about this, this whole, you know, this trope where in order to, to, to get the, 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 your male lead, the motivation to do what he needs to do in the movie or the book or the, the comic, you have to introduce a female character that he cares for and then kill her in a horrific way. And that's, that, you know, once once you brought that up and, and that just that latched into my brain and it's like, well, no, that's not something that, that we should be doing. And, sure. and and I do like the idea of Master Lujan, but because think about it, if they were going to have him kill anybody, mm-hmm. Master Lujan's from the book. It would have made more sense for him to have still been the blacksmith's apprentice. Granted, they are a bit older in the book than they were in, in the or in the mo- in the show. I'm sure. Mix up in my brain. Um. <laughs> So, yeah. And then the Matt thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was a thief, but I feel like he was doing that for his his sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to get some lanterns for, for, exactly. for Beltine. And exactly. and, uh, and and it's going to his redemption when he does, you know, redeem himself. It's going to mean that much more. Absolutely. So, yeah, That's, you, you you swayed me. You can't have a redemption without having a low point. You know, you've got to have that. So, um, you know, one other thing that that I think is worth pointing out, and it's conjecture at this point, quite honestly, but a lot of people have talked about how, you know, when Matt didn't go into the way gates the last time they they filmed with Barney and the actor shift. And, you know, a lot of people have stated those last two episodes probably were heavily rewritten. You know, yeah. we still don't know what happened with Barney. Yeah. We might never know. At this point, I felt like we would have known if we were going to. I mean, it'll probably come out at some point. I hope he's fine. I hope he's okay. But um, I, I do think there was probably some rewriting. I, I do feel like something probably happened there, and they did rewrite a little bit. Um, 
but I think it's going to work out. The, the other thing that was pointed out, and this actually came from an interview with Rafe, it's not uh, Shadar Logoth that he's going back to at the very end. It's Tarvalon. Uh, oh, so he, okay. yeah, he's actually going back to Tarvalon at the end, okay, and that's what's going to set him up for the third arc. Yeah, that's where the arc. dagger is. That makes sense. That's where the dagger is. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, since we've already given plenty of spoiler warnings, uh, I'm not going to feel bad about saying it, but I'm excited because that should mean Tom will be right back in the mix. And Tom was absolutely one of my highlights of the show. Yeah, he was great in the show, but so poorly utilized, I felt, you know, he sure. well, he was almost and I don't know if they made this choice because of who they ended up uh, casting in the role. But you'll mm-hmm. notice instead of the harp and the flute, he had a guitar. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he was almost he almost had a country country boy feeling to him you know <laughs> but like a british country boy feeling you know? uh, and so, saying, you know, he reminds me more of like uh like a i don't know almost like a rolling stone type yeah. you know like yeah yep. <laughs> more of that vibe you know yeah which is okay with uh, yeah 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 i liked him i would just yeah. wish he would have been in the series i wish he would have been in the season a bit more sure. i was it was again another one of those changes that confused me because we're watching the entire first episode and I'm like, when is Tom going to come out? You know, sure. he's, he, he left with them in the books and, mm-hmm. and then we don't get him until what episode three mm-hmm. and we get what we get him in episode three and four. And do we get him in five as well? It's like two right. episodes. He's in and out. Yeah. We, we only get him in those two and uh, it, it hurt. Cause he is one of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. but I will say every time I feel like Tom was on the screen, it was absolute dynamite. Oh, yeah. I really I liked him. Yeah. I just feel that uh, his his and I'm going to say air quote sacrifice. Sure. Because uh, if they if if we follow the books, he didn't die fighting that mirror draw. But sure. I felt like that would have meant a lot more had mm-hmm. we been able to spend more time with them. Had, had we been able to, you know, the 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 person who's watching the show that's never read the books. Mm-hmm. If they would have uh, been able to spend some more time with him and get to uh, get to know him more and, and and really start to love him as a character. And then mm-hmm. he and then he throws himself at that mere draw to to save the two. You know, that would have it, it had impact on us because it's it's very similar to the book, except for mm-hmm. it, it happened in town. And and uh, yeah. And it's 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 funny to note that the little did. Did you pick up on their names? The 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 family. Yeah. I was just trying to think of their names because I, I remember they're they're the actually a fan. The Grinwells, yes. Yeah, because Elsie Grinwell, who was the little girl, was actually their age in the book, and she ends yes. up being uh, one of the. She ends up going to Tarvalon. Tarvalon. Yes, training is an eye today. It's an eye today, exactly. Yeah, I uh, I did pick up on that. I couldn't think of it in the moment, but um, you, you know, one thing you just said, I, I think, could stretch for the the whole series in a way, at least so far in the fact that we didn't get enough time to get to know this person for that impact to matter. Um, I feel like that on varying levels with a lot of different points in the book, Steppen, yeah. for example, and what, yep. what does happen to Steppen is very sad. Um, it did move me a bit, but at the same time, if I got to know him a little better, would have had more of an being There's just so much they're condensing into these eight episodes. I don't fault the season for it, but I do note that that I do yeah. feel that when I watch it. Yeah. Um, so basically, Amazon, please give them more time and more money. <laughs> yes. And they they really opened Lan up. He, yes. you know, you expect, based on the books, you expect him to just be this brooding, silent figure throughout the whole first season. But man, he, well, especially by the time you get to what happened to Steppen. 
But even up until up before then, he was he was talking a lot. He was he was he was showing emotions. And and you do kind of need that on, on a TV show. Otherwise, you you're, you basically have The Witcher. I don't know if you've watched The Witcher, but that guy. I mean, that's who his character is. You can't blame sure. Henry Cavill, but he's just like a, a, a block of wood because <laughs> he has no emotions. He but, is, but Henry does such it. a good job. Oh, yeah. too, though. I mean, man. just and nails a, it. And he's a good looking man. <laughs> he's, he is. He, he's easy on the eyes. Let's let's talk about some of the stuff we re, we did we really liked about the show. And I'll mention right off the bat, and it quite surprised me to be honest with you. It threw me through a loop because I was I'm so used to watching other fantasy type settings. Uh, but the 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 uh, the in- inclusivity. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It was very inclusive. You had just yes. in freaking the two rivers alone, there were just so many people of different colors just represented everywhere. And it's like yes. old school fantasy wouldn't have done that, you know, like, well, Fal- Faldara, for example, mm-hmm. if you read the book, they're all basically supposed to be like uh, um, um, maybe even Asian. Mm-hmm. And here we have Uno's got a, you know, a white guy with blonde hair and, yeah. and, you know, it just, it was very inclusive and they were even really cool about homosexuality. They're just like, all right, yeah. whatever. You know, I like, uh, when uh Rand the the episode where we meet Tom and Rand right. is in that room with that barkeeper and she's yes. she's hitting on him and yes. she mentions uh you know she thinks he's with Matt you know mm-hmm. in a in a in a homosexual way and Rand's just like he just it doesn't even he's not you know most shows would be like oh no 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 that's no we're we're menly men and we're friends and that's all there is to it but you know they just that and the the whole the the warders with the the, oh. the the green aja and they just it's like uh have you ever watched the show Shits Creek? Yes I have. Yes, it's kind of like the way they handle it there. It's just like, yeah, he's gay, so so what? You know, it's Are like they? it's just part of normal everyday life. And I think I like it when they yes. they include it, but they don't make a big deal out of it. It's just it's just the way it is. And that's the way it should be. And I, I really you. appreciated that about the story, and I really appreciated just you know, it wasn't like a your your main cast wasn't just a bunch of white people and then maybe a you know a person of color thrown in here and there just to sure. round things out. I mean, there's a lot of color in this show, and I I really appreciated that as well. Yeah. Um, the Trollocs when they were done well, oh, they they looked really good. Sure. I really like the Trollocs that ran on all fours, but the 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 CGI that accomplished that wasn't very good. Sure. But they were. They were creepy. Um, the mirror draw was cool. Absolutely. Um, I really think, you know, we're, we're talking about the whole parents story and how that might um, come up again later on the road, later down the road. We know that in the books, he does meet another woman. Okay. Uh, what's her name? Fail? Fail? Fail. Fail. Yes. And yes. they get married. And I bet that's going to be a, a sticking point to him. He's going to feel guilty about meeting this woman. I'm sure. He was married previously to the love of his life, and then he killed her with an axe to the belly. So I'm sure that's going to be a thing. Though, did you pick up? There almost seemed to be when I was watching the first episode again. I don't know. There, there. It's almost like they were trying to hint at there was a little trouble in the marriage. But oh, they, they definitely were. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, which kind of bothered me because it's like, all right, so we're not going to like they they don't want us to feel that guilty about the fact that one of their main characters accidentally killed his wife because he was trouble in the marriage. But uh, that's not OK. Yeah, that's <laughs> not OK at all. Um, there, there's 
there's some interesting points on that. There's some interesting points on that. Um, I've seen some fan theories that were interesting that I don't think will pan out. They just they struck me as interesting. Like one yeah. uh, pointed out how it looked like Layla was kind of coming up behind Perrin at a point mm-hmm. and accused her of very much a white cloak sentiment, but accused her of being a dark friend. In other words, oh, she was mm-hmm. actually going to. You know, and, and I actually I don't really believe that's going to be the case, quite honestly. But it was something on Twitter that got a lot of traction, a lot of people talking huh. about it out there. Um, ultimately, again, I, I don't think that one's going to pan out at all there. But um, what I have seen a lot of talk about as well, that what is more likely is the whole kind of love triangle thought towards the end. And it, yeah, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. Yeah. I, I felt solidly, you know, it's just kind of a middling thing. It, it was okay they're they're throwing that in there um there were some little moments in the book and they're very fleeting you know we're talking about a 14 15 book series that are all huge and we're talking about maybe three or four sentences you know not even a full paragraph but little little references to parent maybe having just the slightest little bit of maybe some feelings you know and that happens in real life that's not exactly exactly completely natural thing so it's not let's say out of out of bounds to build on that in the show and kind of build that out the way they have or, or whatnot there. Um, but most likely I think that's the insinuation there that there was, you know, cause notice that also Layla was at the forge and the big thing at the white spring in the first night. Now, now granted it's Beltine, but also people are celebrating Egwene and yeah. they're celebrating, you know, her joining the women's circle. So that was kind of my interpretation is she yeah. doesn't want to be anywhere celebrating Egwene. There probably is this little thing that kind of came out along the way. Um, but I also do genuinely believe that Perrin was being honest when he looked Rand in the eyes and said, the only person I've ever loved is my wife. Yeah. Um, I even had the thought of, did Egwene have a crush for Perrin? And present that to Perrin and, and he says no. And then the day that, you know, him and Layla got together was the day that Rand and Egwene got together, which was where Rand kind of sourced those emotions and that problem from. That's probably not it either. They probably had a little bit of a mutual, you know, thing, but nothing ever came of it. It's just a totally normal human thing. So, yeah. And you can be, you can be a guy who is just extremely close, good friends with a woman without uh, any romantic entanglements being involved. But then, the 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 guy who you know the 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 girl who is who is the guy's friend her boyfriend could read more into that than actually is there and then the guy's wife could read more into that than it is actually there and you know it's 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 very possible for for troubles to arise out of nothing ultimately just more out of perception exactly than anything exactly could i could i mention a couple things i absolutely loved about the show yes fire away you know you, you brought up the diverse casting, and I want to touch on that. Not only is the casting just wonderfully diverse, and it, it was such a, a refreshing just breath of air in fantasy, I, I will say. Um, you know, but but also, you know, one thing you mentioned about uh, how, how they did have, you know, uh, all, all different types of relationships. You know, uh, we have uh, Swan and Moraine, and they were actually referenced as together in the books, in the prequel. Um, but to actually build on that, to see that, um, to, yeah, just make that absolutely, this is, we're not putting this on a pedestal or we're not lowering this. It's just completely normal, completely commonplace. The way it should be was a breath of fresh air and wonderful and refreshing beyond that. Just the actual casting 
uh, I think yeah. is one of the strongest points of the show for me. Uh, when you watch that, uh, Rosamund as Moraine is incredible. And that, I want to say it's the fifth episode, uh, maybe, actually maybe it's the sixth, because it's the one where Swan is in it heavily as well and does come back as the Amulet Sea. But, it, you know, watching her at work, just built on that character in such a beautiful way to see her is, is truly like an ice, uh, ice spadai, you know, just, just really like a spy in the Aes Sedai society, even to the, the point of, you know, her own Aja. She's meeting with the, you know, the sitter of her Aja and getting secret notes while she's sitting there with her and even has secrets from her. And, and it's just really makes her so badass, quite honestly. Um, but, but she nailed it. I feel like the Evansfield Five nailed it. Um, is it is it Zoe um, that's playing Nynaeve? I forget the actress's name. I don't remember her so name, fierce. but yeah, so good. Yes, um, and they all are. They all are. Uh, you know, by the end of it, Perrin, if you watch that episode eight and, and the way he has his shoulders hunched and he, he almost looms like a wolf looking like he's pacing, you know, like an anxious wolf just kind of pacing back and forth in a den. And I could visualize it. Um, so really, my hat's off to all of them yeah. and, and the job they did with those characters just absolutely took him right off the page for me. It was beautiful. Yes, so. yes. Nynaeve was is probably my favorite of all of them at this yes. point because she just kicked so much ass. Yes. I mean, she gets she she gets caught by a freaking trollic, get dragged away by a freaking braid. She gets away. Yes. The trollic chases her into that pool and she just kicks his ass. You know, it yes. was so good. She would she, she just was just really good throughout the whole thing. And Perrin, that's a good point, because he he has moments where it's almost you feel like he's just kind of a whiny, ineffectual you know, he's just like, Ooh, I don't know, and I don't. But then when he when he gets mad, you know, it's like you don't want to be in that room with him. the The whole scene oh. with with him and Egwene and uh, Emin Valda, the the white yes. cloaks. Oh man, that was so good. And it and and it, Egwene just kicks his ass and takes those yes. rings from him. Yes. You know? And I noticed when I was watching the first episode again yesterday, there's a moment in in, in episode one, when the Trollocs are raiding the village where and I think it's I think it's they they mentioned that it's Days Conger. There's a Trolloc eating somebody and she comes yeah. up and she goes, you want to you want to feast on something? Feast on this. Yes. And then all these women just come out and just kick this Trolloc's butt, man. Yes, it, it's, it's great. They really I mean, I think Robert Jordan did a good job of, of uh, um, making strong uh, female characters, but I think they've, sure. they've, they've done an even better job here in the show. Sure. Um, yeah, Nynaeve is probably, probably my favorite of the, she, of the whole group. I mean, next to Lan. Lan is pretty, Lan's a BA. Lan, Lan is awesome. Lan is awesome. <laughs> them, them together was awesome. I, I'm really looking forward to the future of that. Um, you know, even before Nynaeve gets dragged away by her braid, that, that first scene, I want to say where a trollic is kind of like roaring at her in a glance. Yeah. And she just screams back. And it's just yep. such a perfect naive moment. Yep. I'm like, that is, that's naive right there. Just and fierce to the very end. And the fact that when at that at that point, when she first starts fighting that trollic. Yes. She's got that little knife and she's like, she's not like eh, stab. She just jumps in there and stab, 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 stab. <laughs> just, yeah. You know, she's I'm not going to finish until you stop moving. Or you kill me, one of the two, you know, she's, she's there to protect those people and that's what she's going to do. And really liked about, really liked that about her. Absolutely. 
Absolutely agree. Uh, just, just so well done. And I mean, that's it's like the equivalent of taking your Swiss Army knife to Godzilla, you know. But she does, she yeah. dives right yeah, in there. She, she no does hesitation. it, man. No, yes. yeah, exactly. I really liked. Uh, we got to see Tam using his sword. That was mm-hmm. pretty cool. And then, and then the the flashback where with the uh, the Aiel War, where we yes. see Rand's natural mother. And, and Tam comes and, and takes the baby. That was really cool. I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to seeing some more Aiel. I can't Absolutely. wait till we get to the, that part where we get to enter into their society and learn more about them and, and go. I hope they do the whole thing where Rand and Matt go, both go through those arches, you know, and, and yes. learn more about their past and, you know, their past selves and all that. And absolutely. But uh, I hope what, else, what else did you like? What else did I like? Well, you, you brought up probably my favorite scene of the whole show, uh, not to be the action heavy, uh, person, but that, that scene with, uh, Steve Grain, right? Um, his mother there. Uh, but mm-hmm. where, where you actually see, you know, Rand's mother giving birth and while fighting off. Yes. I mean, it's five, <laughs> six different people. And it, it was a truly a scene that, that rivals, uh, any action movie or, or fantasy, yeah. you know, battles I'd seen before, it was it was really incredible. So I was definitely screaming, watch the spears over it the whole time. Yeah. I'm so excited about Aiel. Um, oh, yeah. It just makes I, me that much more excited when Avienda and, and some of the other characters oh, yeah. come. That's going to be some good stuff. And how yes. she would she'd like take out two or three guys and then she'd have these labor pains that would yes. almost knock her onto her back. And then yes. three or four other guys would show up and then she'd just take them out real quick and then exactly. have, then deal with the labor pains a little bit more. It was like, <laughs> it was really good. It was really good stuff. It was so good. It was so good. Um, you know, uh, other things I really liked, um, I, I made a mental footnote to come back to this, but, you know, I actually really like uh, how they did loyal. And I had to think about it for a while. Um, the, the problem I actually had with him at first was the writing was the dialogue. And it was because that very first scene where he meets Rand, I was like, man, he's really heavy handed with this humans are so hasty thing. You know, I, yeah. I had this, this, this mental state when I watched the show the first time where I kept trying to put my, my own, you know, personal thoughts off to the side. And I wanted to watch it as somebody that had never read the books before. I kept trying to imagine that. And so as I was watching, I was like, man, they're just really heavy handed with this. But as I've been re-listening to Eye of the World, because I got the one that uh, Rosamund actually narrated, I've been listening to that. And I just re-listened to that, you know, this past week. And I'm like, oh, he's actually written that heavy handed. He mentions that at least 50 times in that first meeting. So that's actually pretty spot on with the book. Um, but I actually like the look of him. Um, you know, he, he really looks like he's kind of carved from a block of wood almost, these yeah. sorts of things. And the tuft of hair on top makes me think of, you know, kind of like a bonsai tree or something, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. And so it all kind of fit, you know. If he's going to be a singer, if he's going to be able to do these sorts of things, then it, it kind of does yeah. make sense there. The, the actor that plays him, just like everyone else in the yeah. series, phenomenal. So, I mean... Where, where it counts, I mean, that show is hitting on 11 in, in terms yep. of those. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, and in his look, like I said, it's, it was growing on me. Yeah. Uh, we just didn't get him enough in, in the season for it to really sink in that, that's sure. loyal. It just, it just really threw me through a loop when he first appeared. It's like Rand walks into that library and I can see that dude back there behind the shelf and he starts talking. I'm like, all right, it's loyal. And then yeah. he pops up and I'm like, what the flip is on top of his head? You know, it's I think that's the only thing I had an issue with was that long, curly, blonde, like gold hair almost. But 
Yeah, I, he'll, he'll grow on me because the, like I said, the guy doing Loyal is doing such a phenomenal job that it's going to, it's not going to take much time at all for me to look past the hair and it'll just, <laughs> it'll just be, it'll just become a part of him. Absolutely. People think the same thing when they see me, you know, they have to get past the, the hair, sometimes <laughs> the face, but uh, as you get to know me, yeah, uh, no. you know, something else me. I super, super loved um, and it just popped in my head. Um, one, the uh, the cold open where you see Lil Starin and you see the Age of Legends. Yes. Mwah, chef's kiss, yes. mind blowing. Like, you know, the conversation itself. OK, that that's fine. That's good. That's great. But then just that split three seconds of looking out the window and showing the viewer, hey, by yeah. the way, this is the past. This is yeah. thousands of years ago. Take a look at it. And then did you catch in episode one when they're first opening up the old skyscrapers in the landscape yes, i did and yeah so, somebody did a side by side of those things of the age of legends and those skyscrapers and like look these are the same buildings and wow. it, they really do look very similar it's just so cool so that's cool those things so those really fine details they paid attention to just knocked it out of the park for me really yeah and i wonder how many people who'd never read the book before was watching that scene and when it, they went out the window and you see the flying cars, they're like, what? <laughs> it just blew up, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, you know, I uh, it's that's kind of I don't know if you've ever have you ever read any of the Shannara books? I have not. Actually, that's um, I mean, if you if you read the first one, it's like, all right, this is a, a Lord of the Rings ripoff. But the further he goes into these books, it's all set in our future. Mm. It's there was a point. Um, in our future where, uh, Pete, there was a, like some kind of nuclear war or something and people started to mutate and the elves have always been around, but as modern science built up around us, they had to go into hiding. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, the hints to, to, to the past in those books is it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Lord. It's not the same because that's our past. Yeah. So it's like, you know, gas powered cars and whatnot. It's not flying. Sure. Uh, whatever they called them in the, in the books. But I I've always found that kind of stuff interesting. I've, I've always really enjoyed post-apocalyptic kind of stories. Same. And then what I enjoy even more are like, like fantasy worlds mm-hmm. where you see the elements like the skyscrapers that have yes. freaking foliage all over them and, and, and ruined, you know, giant bridges that are in, in pieces and stuff you know, with, you know, trees and stuff growing through them and junk like that. I've always enjoyed that kind of crap. So Absolutely. for them, for him to do that in this, in these books and then for them to, to show it in the show, I really appreciated that. Absolutely. There's a, um, Oh, Oh, I feel so bad. I'm forgetting his name, but you know, the name he, uh, he's under on YouTube is unraveling the pattern, uh, does a really, really wonderful job of just these different in-depth dives on wheel of time. But, uh, one thing he's actually mentioned in, in some of his videos, and I haven't caught to myself in the book. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, maybe I need to watch his videos a little bit deeper to, to see them, but you know, some of the introductory, just big, broad overviews of concepts in the Wheel of Time. He talks about the ages and, you know, of course, the second age is the Age of Legends, but supposedly the first age, which is barely referenced in the books, but is referenced in little glimmers and really buried Easter eggs, is our age. And in the Wheel of Time, and I haven't caught them personally, but, and this is multiple people that have said this, there are references to our world, but they're very buried. They're like, you know, BC type type information for us if you were thinking about world history um so it's really buried um 
but I think his name is Lauren. And uh, I just I just found him on YouTube and I've subscribed to him. I'll put the I'll put go. the uh, the the link to the YouTube channel in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, it's they're they're really good. They're almost like documentary style videos. I really enjoyed watching them. But uh, you know, it's it's the kind of thing. Even though I I read the books and you know watch the show, this is the kind of things I fall asleep to at night. I put on a YouTube video and yeah. and, and pass out. But um, I've really enjoyed kind of those deep dives and learning that was particularly fascinating, even though I haven't caught it myself yet. So, yeah, no, I'm the same way because I can, I can be really into a series like that and have read the books multiple times, but I'm not, I'm not much of a deep thinker really. And, and uh, sure. so a lot of the, the stuff that, that people can find, you know, hidden within the text, you know, it's, it's, I'm never going to find it. And if I do, if I feel like I found something that's, Oh, did you realize that? And you know, everybody else knew it before I did. And I, I feel like such a, I'm like, I discovered something. And yeah, but <laughs> you discovered America 400 years after everybody else did. You know, it's not, it's, it's really not that big of an accomplishment. So I, I yeah, I, I, I just subscribe to that dude. So I'll, I'll check nice. out some of his videos because I, nice. I do like to, you know, when, when you're into a series like that and, Somebody can come along and point out stuff that you're that you've missed sure. that just makes the story uh, richer. You know, heck, yeah, I'm going to be all over that. Same. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, I really enjoyed um, not, not just watching that guy's videos, but everybody, you know, the whole community on Twitter, Twitter of time. I'm, I'm in a few Facebook Wheel of Time groups and uh, I'm, you know, involved with a lot of people through Twitter of time. Just talk to them, whatnot, kind of pulled into that world. Very much recommend the latter over the former. Um, if you if you enjoy, you know, Wheel of Time show particularly, um, but through just talking with, with those people and, and some of their ideas and thoughts and whatnot, it's it's really inspiring. I had to log out of it during the show because it was yeah. too much for me. I was like, okay, I want to watch this myself and form my own opinions, and then I want to hear yours. <laughs> but now that the show is finished and and I'm, I'm well, the first season is wrapped, and I'm. You know, logging back in, it's really, really awesome to uh, to check that. So shout out to everybody on Twitter at time. Y'all are awesome. I love I y'all. Just, I just found that hashtag. I'm going to. Yeah, follow that for, for follow sure. that sucker. Yeah. I want to make sure I, I give them much love because I'm going to tell them all to uh, retweet about this podcast as much as possible. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> There it is, folks. I ended it right there. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next Thursday with part two of our discussion. There will be another episode in between. So this is episode number 223 and part two will be on episode 225. So there will be another episode out on Tuesday that has nothing to do with the Wheel of Time. And then we'll get back to the Wheel of Time, the second part of our discussion on Thursday next week. That's going to be Thursday the 20th of January. I hope you're enjoying it so far. We had, like I said, we talked for two and a half hours and he is such a sweet guy. And the one thing I always learn whenever I do an episode where I'm talking to somebody and I go back and I'm doing the editing, I realize that I talk way too much and I always get worried. And I, I'm just, I worry that, that I am uh, annoying the person on the other side, but this is the second time uh, Sulfur has sat down with me to talk Wheel of Time, so he, uh, he, I'm sure he'll be back. I would love to have him back. He seems to want to come back, so uh, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to lie to my face. Well, through video anyway. Uh, yeah, super nice guy. Love talking to him. We probably could have talked for another hour, but 
two and a half hours was almost just too much. So uh, at some point, he'll be back on and we'll talk about something else. We'll see what else, what other kind of nerd type stuff he might be into. And then uh, we'll get him back on the show to talk about other stuff. All right. This is the episode. Join me here next week. On Tuesday, you're going to get ElfQuest Part 11. Hopefully, I hate saying that out loud because I don't know what's going to happen between then and now. I haven't recorded it yet, but that's on the schedule. You'll get Tuesday, the 18th, ElfQuest Part 11, and then Thursday, the 20th, Part 2 of this uh, Wheel of Time talk. Until then, folks, my name is Steven, and I am just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.